Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Let me hear from you. You excited to be here today? In the house, 11 o'clock. You guys made it. I love it. So glad that you are here. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors. And we're so thankful that you chose to be at church today. Give it up for all of our first-time guests. Welcome to the family. Good to see y'all. I love it. I love it. I love it. As always, I want to take just a moment, look uh, directly into the camera, and welcome our online family in. No matter where you're watching from, who you're watching with, thank you so much for making Vibrant part of your Sunday. Can we welcome our online family in? Let's do it. <laughs> Met a guest today that, uh, that literally found us watching our services online uh, from another state and then moved here. And uh, incredible, just awesome stuff. Love it. Um, that being said, before I jump into the message today, I want to let you know about something going on in a few weeks, okay? So uh, three weeks from today is October 23rd, um, and it is Rooted Sunday. Everybody say Rooted. And so uh, that is our Commitment Sunday. If you don't know what that is, go back and watch the message from two weeks ago in our birthday service. Uh, this church, three years ago, we planted in this building, and, and it's been an incredible experience, all that the Lord has done and, and, and that what he continues to do. Uh, but it's time for us to, you know, there, we're planted inside of this church, inside of this building, uh, but this building has limitations. Uh, uh, you know, we can't expand any further, and as you can tell, we're a growing church. And so that being said, uh, our next step to make, a ne- uh, to make our greater commitment and uh, difference in our city is to raise funds for land or a building, one or the other. Uh, we're believing that God's going to do something incredibly uh, big through this process, and we've got some great visions, and I don't have time to go into all of it right now, but if you want to hear more about it, go back and listen to the message from two weeks ago. Um, all that the Lord is going to do through that, just community orientation and things like that. Uh, our goal is to raise $1 million over the next year, $1 million over the next year. And so what I'm asking all of you to do is if you call Vibrant Church home, if this is your church, this, this church feeds your family spiritually, um, what I want you to do is I don't want you to give, okay? I want you to go home and I want you to ask the Lord how you're supposed to be involved. For some of you, um, you know, everybody has a part of the wall that you can build. And if you don't build your part of the wall, there will be a lack inside of that wall. And so what I want you to do is go home and ask the Lord how you're supposed to be involved. And what that means is all of us are, are going to have to be sacrificial inside of this. And that includes myself. And so we're already, we're already doing that and seeing that happen. What's gonna happen is on the 23rd of this month, it'll be our Rooted Commitment Sunday. Everybody will get a card when you come in the door. And essentially what we're doing is we're saying, all right, God, this is what you've told me I'm supposed to do over the next 12 months to be a part of this, uh, to be a part of this Rooted uh, Vision campaign. And so at that point, we'll bring the card with a seed offering attached to it. We're all going to bring our cards to the altar and we're gonna ask the Lord to bless it and multiply it. I'm a little old school when it comes to that, but we're building his kingdom, amen? And uh, building his church, his kingdom, amen? 
Amen. So the 23rd of this month, our creative team has been working so hard on this. That's going to be a very special day. Uh, we're going to celebrate, but we're also going to, we're just going to honor the Lord with, with our gifts and uh, with the resources he's given us. So I want you to be praying about that over the next few weeks. We want everybody to be a part of that. We, we're not looking for equal giving. We're not setting at a certain amount saying, hey, I want everybody to give this amount. We're not looking for that. We're looking for equal sacrifice. And I believe that's the, Lord, the way the Lord wants us to give and wants us to be a part of this. So uh, equal sacrifice uh, will be how we do this together on the 23rd. Everybody say rooted. Awesome. Let's jump into the message. Uh, man, we are one divided church today, right? One divided church. Look at all these jerseys around here today. Um, I, I'm going to have to deal with that. We just, I, we're going to have to, safety team, can we remove this, this guy? <laughs> Come on, Ricky. Don't do that to me. No, he's got a Buccaneers shirt on. I'm a little. I'm still a little bitter from week one. Don't hurt my quarterback, okay? Don't hurt my quarterback. No, we got we got LSU right here. Go Tigers! Big one yesterday. That's it. That's it. Uh, how, how many of y'all are Texans fans? <laughs> There's like nobody. Like one guy in the back, and he was like, kinda, maybe. Man, that depends. I mean, we've got we've got. Soccer jerseys that say fly Emirates, I don't know what that means. So I, I just, sure, I, I support that. That's great. It's awesome. I love it. We've got hockey jerseys, Minnesota Wild, all right, trying to not offend anybody in the church. That's cool. You can do it that way. That's cool. How many of you are Cowboy fans? Hey, don't boo in church. We don't boo in church, especially wearing a Colorado jersey. You don't boo in church in Texas, okay? Come on, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm messing. Uh, yeah, Cowboys, how about them Cowboys? Hey, yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. We are a church divided. Now, um, in case you don't know if you're a first-time guest, I don't normally preach in a, a Cowboys jersey, I, you know, uh, but this is, I, I told everybody to do this. That's fun. Uh, we're gonna do this. How many of y'all are Astros fans? Astros fans. Okay, that's, that's something we can all agree on, right? Something we can all, oh, we got one no here. I mean, one no, it's like, no, I will not agree. I refuse. I'm sorry, sir, I know you're a guest. I love you. <laughs> it's great. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, man, I, you know what's hilarious to me is that almost all of us, uh, some of you are not sports fans, and that's okay. We'll pray for you too, if that's all right. Uh, but <laughs> uh, almost all of us have some kind of shirt or jersey or sweater or hat or shoes, like I've got, uh, it, we've, we've all got a thing, right, of a certain team, and we wear it and we love it. Like for me, um, I've got a Dak jersey, I've got my Cowboys jersey, I've got a Romo jersey, I've got, man, I've got them all, right? I, I've got an LSU jersey, but I only wear the jerseys when they're playing, you know what I'm saying, like on the game day, right? That's the only time I wear them because I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious, you know? Uh, I'm a little stitious. Like last night, LSU was down. I was wearing my jersey. We were down 17 to nothing. And, uh, and I say we because I'm clearly on the team. And so uh, <laughs> I stood up. I was sitting in my recliner and I was so mad. I was so aggravated. I put my kids in bed and I stood up and they started, they literally right there, they, uh, the, the Auburn guy fumbled and, and LSU took it back and scored. And uh, it was, so it was 17 to seven. I was like, well, I'm not sitting down no more. We ended up winning 21 to 17. So LSU can thank me that we won last night. And y'all can thank me. Just make sure to uh, bring your tithe or, uh, you know, root, it's coming up. 
And so just think about us, uh, BK, you know, right? And so like, I, like we're all up in this thing, right? I mean, I've got the jersey, I've got the shoes, I got LSU shoes, I got Cowboys shoes. Y'all don't come to my house, burn my stuff down though. Don't do that now. Uh, no, but uh, it's funny to me how, you know, we've got all of these things and the, we are fans of these teams, right? And fan is short for what? Fanatic, right? It's fanatic. We are, it's short for fanatic. What, what, what if, let me ask you this. What if we were this fanatical about people that we actually knew that had like real jobs, you know what I'm saying? Like people that you, that you actually know. Like for me and Carmen, it'd be like walking up in Lupe Tortilla. How many of you like Lupe, huh? Lupe Tortilla, all right. It'd be like me and Carmen walking up in Lupe and my guy Carlos, if you go to Lupe, Go check out Carlos. He's the best. Like he, he, he knows when we come to the restaurant, he gets our drinks in, he gets our food in. He knows where we're going to order before my butt hits the seat. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I, what if I walked in the restaurant and I was like, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he gets my fajitas going, he drops on the table and I stand up and I, round of applause. Let's go, Carlos, you're the best. Give this guy a contract extension. You know what I'm saying? Right? What if I showed up to like the auto shop because we always have something wrong with our car, right? Always got something going on. But every time they turn a wrench, we're either like cheering him or like yelling at him. We're either like, yeah, that was the best ever or like, boo, do your job better, right? We need a better manager, right? What if we're like, uh, just don't do that. Uh, don't. I'm kidding. They're always. They're always crazy. What if we showed up to the like the school teacher? Don't do this. Okay. Don't do this. But what if you, what if you showed up to the school, and like drop your kid off and just started tailgating right there in front of the school? You know what I'm saying? Like pull your Traeger out, pull it out, and start grilling some cinnamon rolls or something. You know what I'm saying? Like just put. I don't know if you know if you can grill cinnamon rolls. I don't care. Whatever. You just throw it on. Throw it on the grill and you start tailgating. No, we don't. We don't do that. Right. It's funny how fanatical we are about, and I can recognize this, I'm a huge fan, okay? It's funny how fanatical we are about these people that don't even know our names, right? Like, I went to the same high school as Dak, but I don't know Dak Prescott. I, I was friends with him on Facebook at one point, true story, uh, and, and now he's too big for Facebook, so. Uh, but, you know, like, I don't have Jerry Jones on speed dial. I don't have a parking spot at Jerry World. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm, I'm on my way. Hook me up. You know what I'm saying? I don't have that. Like, I, Mike the Tiger, he, like, he doesn't know me. He'd eat me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I don't have that, right? We, we have so much belief. It's so much, it, it, we're fanatical about these teams. There's so much belief in our team, our thing. Right, I can honestly say as Cowboy fans, we've been saying this is our year for a really long time. Even though we good and well knew sometimes we was gonna be three and 14, you know what I'm saying? Like we've been saying this is our year for a long time, okay? And we're gonna keep saying it. We're just gonna stand strong, right? And my Cowboy fans, we're gonna stand strong? Okay, like three, y'all, that's cool. The rest of y'all, all right, whatever, right? But it bleeds into everything. It bleeds into everything. We believe in this team so much, so we're gonna, we're gonna stand up strong. We're gonna, man, I, I'll go to the stadium. I'm gonna paint my chest and I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint my body and I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna get in those stands and I'm gonna go crazy. And I'm gonna believe my team's gonna win the Super Bowl knowing that the Texans ain't winning the Super Bowl this year. You know what I'm saying? Knowing they're not gonna do it. You're still gonna show up. Still gonna go to it. You're gonna keep going, right? 
But then when we, we get in the spiritual context, we go, ah, I don't know about that. Maybe. See, it bleeds into everything for us. We believe in our team. We believe in our squad. We believe in our club. We believe in our financial systems. We believe in our health system. We believe in our investments. We believe in our government. Oh, it's all gonna, it's good, it's good, it's good. We believe in our political party. I'm just gonna vote this certain, I'm gonna vote this way because they just align, it's just all gonna be okay. I, I, I believe in Hollywood. I believe in whether, we just believe in all these things. Church, I'm convicted at how much belief we have in every other thing in the world. We believe in the success and the good that will come out of it. But when it comes to the things of God, all the Christians go, ah, and they get quiet. You, we can get loud about the things that don't matter and lose our voice shouting for people that don't know our names. But the one who died on the cross for us, we show up and can't lift a hand. When it comes to the things of God, our belief shrivels up like the fig tree that Jesus cursed. Oh, if it's God's will, you know, if it's, if it's the Lord's will. Like if God doesn't, you know, God will never give you more than you can bear, you know. We end up having more belief in our favorite football team than we do the God of our salvation. And the God of our salvation. What if we had a revival of our mindset? What if instead of thinking, if it's God's will, we would start declaring things like, Lord, your word says that you took stripes for my healing, for my iniquity, and you gave me the authority to declare healing in, the, in Jesus' name. That's what your word says. What if instead of thinking, if God does it, we start thanking him as if he's done it? What if instead of being cynical about it, we would believe for it? We would believe for it. Right now in your mind, you're thinking about something that you've been wanting, you've been believing the Lord to do, whether it's a healing, whether it's a breakthrough, whether it's a, 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 just a, a relational breakthrough. Today, we're gonna be in Matthew chapter nine all day. I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna give you a life, a glimpse in the day of the life of Jesus, Matthew 9. And during this day, we hear about three specific healings. I wanna go through them. Uh, they're miraculous healings. There was a girl, there was a woman, there was two men. Uh, each is healed from a different illness and each is healed in a different way. But with all three, Jesus is directly involved. Let me give you a little context uh, because context is king. So the first is a ruler of the synagogue from Capernaum, a leader in the community. He was grief-stricken that his 12-year-old daughter had just died. Can you imagine? According to Luke, his name was Jairus. And of course, he had heard Jesus teach. He was around Jesus. He was in proximity. Uh, possibly even knew Jesus because Jesus had taught many times in Capernaum. And so Jairus had witnessed many miracles or at least heard of them uh, because he was in that area. And so Jesus, uh, he, you know, Jairus seeks Jesus out. He's going after him. He, he's desperate. He says something revealing about his incredible faith. He says, my daughter has just died. But come lay your hand on her and she will live. 
Just come lay your hand on her. Later, Jesus arrives at the home where all the neighbors and relatives are grieving. This is what happened, Matthew 9, 23. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. That's what I would do if I came to a house and I saw people playing pipes. That's what I would do as well. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. How many times is Jesus speaking things into your life, but you're laughing at it? How many times is Jesus speaking things directly into your spirit, but you're laughing at it because what God wants for your life is not matching up to the faith that you have? After the crowd had been put outside, they had to be removed from the room. They had been put outside. He went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of, the, the, of this spread throughout, through all the region, everywhere around. The second healing involves a very different person. There was a woman who suffered from the issue of blood, the flow of blood for 12 long years. Uh, that was not just irritating, but it separated her from society right? It separated her from society. She was unclean, which means she wasn't allowed near the temple or the synagogue. She couldn't touch anybody. Nobody could touch her. Uh, While Jairus was was experiencing the joy of having his daughter for 12 years, and then she passes away, um, we have all of these years where this woman was grieving alone because she couldn't be touched. She had no husband. She had no children. She had no connection with fellowship of believers. She She was living a very lonely and desperate life. In a moment, she sees Jesus passing through the crowd. She heard him teach and preach, and this was her chance. And in faith, she reaches out from the ground and grabs the tassel from the corner of his robe. Jesus feels the power released from him to heal her, but he doesn't, he doesn't know who it was. So he asks, he says, who touched me? She confesses her faith that if she touched, just touched the hem of his garment, she would be made well. Jesus affirms her, turns around and says, your faith has made you well. Everybody say, your faith has made you well. The third healing was that of two blind men. They too are desperate. They follow Jesus wherever he will go. They see him along the way and they follow him to the home of Jairus all the time crying out, have mercy, son of David. This is the special title that they gave Jesus, the Messiah. We don't know how far that they went to follow Jesus, but we know that it was a considerable amount of time uh, because the Bible alludes to that. We'll talk about this later. Uh, Why did they do this though? To them, Jesus was not just a teacher. He was just not a religious figure, but he was the savior of the world. I think at some point in your world, in your life, Jesus has to not become a religious figure. He can't be a figurehead of a religion, but Jesus has to be the savior of your life. At some point, Jesus has to go from being the great teacher to being your savior. For you to truly get the impact that comes along with being a Christian, you have to go, Jesus has to go from not just a teacher, but your savior. Jesus confronts as after these blind men follow him for quite a long time, they get to Jairus' house and and. Jesus confronts their faith, not confronts them, but confronts their faith. He asks them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord, hearing their faith, they are healed by his touch. These are three amazing and wonderful and different stories of healing. But as a beautiful book full of paper, if it's not bound together, 
It makes no sense. What binds these three stories together? What makes this beautiful canvas full of life? It's one common theme. It's one common thing that we all need as Christians. It's faith. It's faith. It's a, it's a subject that is too often preached about, but not understood and lived out. Too often talked about, but not often lived out. I think we need to realize how much faith changes our lives and the world around us if we're doing it right. Because faith in Jesus in your world makes the impossible possible. Faith in your world makes the bound set free. Faith in your world, faith in Jesus in your world makes the sick healed. It changes everything around you. Now, there are four points I wanna give you jumping into this series today. And, and uh, I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm gonna give you some groundwork, some foundational groundwork on, in this message for what we're going to be believing for in the next three or four weeks. Next week, Pastor Megan's gonna be preaching. It's gonna be awesome. Y'all looking forward to that? It's gonna be good. It's gonna be so great. Uh, she's, it's gonna be awesome. But I wanna give you, I wanna set a little groundwork here. Number one, faith releases the power of God. A lack of faith limits the power of God. Limits the power of God. Opens the door and closes the door. Notice first what Jesus tells this woman who had been issue, that had been healed from her issue of flow of blood. In verse 22, Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith. And also notice what he said to the, to the blind men in verse 29 and 30. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And, your, and their eyes were opened. I was reading this this week and it challenged me. What if, what if Jesus were to come to us and say, according to your faith, let it be done? What would happen in your world? According to your faith today, let it be done. What would happen? What would happen in your world? I think it was, it was clearly their faith in Jesus that healed them both. Faith opened the door for the miraculous in their world, but it was also the faith that the synagogue, the, the, the synagogue official had. All of them had absolute confidence that Jesus not only could, but he would heal. Not only that he could, but he would. From their statements, there was no doubt. And that the, this key for the work of God throughout the gospels, we see this linked all the way through was faith. In fact, when there is not faith, it ties the hands. Of God. When Jesus was in Nazareth, Nazareth, his hometown, he spoke in the synagogue where people rejected him as savior, rejected him, right? He was just a hometown boy. He was just the, the carpenter's son, right? How many of y'all have experienced that in your hometown? You know what I'm saying? Right? You know, it's like that. So his ministry there was kept limited, Mark 6, 5 and 6. He could do no miracle, no miracle, except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. Church, let me, let me ask you a challenging question. What if miracles and the miraculous and great things that the Lord wants to do were supposed to be normal? Not an outlier, not an event, not something that's in high point, but that's the normal. 
Actually, they are. The miraculous signs should be all around us as believers, Mark 16. And these signs shall, everybody say shall. They will. They're supposed to. Follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, some people take this scripture out of context. And, you know, you've seen those videos of people that just decide they want to take up a rattlesnake and say, well, I just, you know, even if it bites me, I'm going to be okay. The Bible said it. Don't be dumb. Don't do that. It's not what it's saying. It's not what it's saying. It's saying that the serpent will attack you in your life. The enemy will come against you in your life. But if you have your faith in the right location, if you have your faith in the right one, it opens the door for the miraculous where that won't hurt you. We saw that in Paul's life in Malta. He was bit by a snake, fell right off, wasn't affected. We saw it happen. It wasn't that you pick up and you don't go looking for trouble. It's when trouble comes, Jesus gonna handle it for you. It's that he's fighting your battles. Some of you are trying to fight battles that Jesus, you need to hand back over to Jesus, let him fight for you. your, Your strength is not perfect. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect in your weakness. Stop trying to pretend like you got all the strength in the world to fight your battles and get back before an altar and let God start fighting your battles for you. John 14 and 12, truly, truly. You know, the word, when the word says truly twice, we kind of need to pay attention, right? He says, I'm telling you the truth twice, all right? Here it goes, truly, truly. I say to you, whoever believes in me, let's just do a litmus test. How many of y'all believe in Jesus? How many of y'all believe in the saving power of Jesus? How many of y'all believe in the transforming power of Jesus? That he can heal, that he can save, that he can deliver. Still today, we believe in that in Jesus' name, right? Okay, that's all of us then, all right? Let's, let's, let's do the litmus test here. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. That's heavy. That's heavy, right? But wait, it gets better. There's more. Right? And greater works than these he will do. Because I'm going to be with the Father. The miraculous should follow you. But the miraculous is not the goal. Faith in Jesus is the goal. But the miraculous is the natural runoff of faith in Jesus. It's the byproduct. It's like when you're a SCOBY, you're naturally good looking. (laughs) Y'all don't laugh at that. Right? Huh? Faith, when, when faith in Jesus is built up inside of you, the miraculous naturally follows. There's just something different about them. Something always just happens. There's just some. Yeah, I can tell you what's different. Their faith is in the right place. Their faith is not in their job. It's not in their money. It's not in their looks. It's not in their talents. It's not in their abilities. Their faith is in Jesus. And then miraculous naturally runs off, not from their talent, not from their money, not from their ability, not from their job, but from heaven. Why don't we see that in today's world? I believe it's because we live in the time that there's so little faith, so little faith. We believe only in that that we can touch, we can see, that we can measure. We have faith in that that we can see. So for God to do these miraculous things around us, we need faith. But where does it come from? Number two, faith comes only, everybody say only, from the word of God. 
I've read these stories of healing many times and amazed at their faith, right? How did they get this kind of faith? We wonder if those people were just born that way with that kind of faith, did they just have greater religious inclination? Were they just more spiritual? No, they weren't. Like I, they, were, they weren't any different in their doubts than you are. Okay, they weren't any different. Uh, what made them different than others was the fact that they believed and received the word of God. They believed and received the word of God. See, here's the truth is that you're not born with faith. You're born into sin and into iniquity. You're born into that. It's not, faith is not a talent or ability that some of you uh, or have and some of you don't. It's not like singing. Like, I love y'all, but some of y'all don't need to be on the worship team. Some of y'all not so good singers, you know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, some of y'all don't need to be, I have a microphone with that, getting that capacity, right? But some of y'all are really gifted in singing. That's awesome. I love that. That's great. Faith is not like singing, all right? All right? It's not like some people were gifted with it and some people were not. No, we're born into iniquity. Jesus, has, uh, he, Jesus told the uh, story of the farmer who planted seeds in the soil and the plants grew up. So the plants in our heart, the word of God is planted in our heart, results in faith growing, and it produces fruit that comes out of us. It produces fruit. Now, if you have a, a, a Bible, um, if you have a red letter Bible, you can see that Matthew chapter five is like all red along with uh, chapter six and seven. And the reason for that, that is Jesus speaking, okay? That's the servant, Sermon on the Mount. Hundreds of people sat and listened to Jesus teach. How cool would that be, right? A lot of people told me like, man, I wish I could go back. I could be in the Bible times. Like, man, that sounds great, but I like air conditioning, amen? So I'm gonna sit this one out because I <laughs> veil's torn. I got the same access, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. Uh, <clears throat> and I got, it's 72 in here, it's nice. Uh, but what, what happened? What happened after all these people listened to, to Jesus speaking? Jesus speaking, it was planted in their souls. Jesus is speaking in, in chapter five and chapter six and chapter seven. Faith is produced. They trusted in Jesus. They believed that he was Lord, that he was miracle worker, that he had all power. Their hearts were transformed. But then what happened, look at this. The word was planted in their heart. Then the, that faith opened the door for the miraculous. Check this out. This is chapter eight, chapter eight, verse two. And look at the result of this. The leper kneels before him having faith that Jesus can heal him, and he does. Chapter eight, you don't believe me? Let me give you another one. Chapter eight, verse five through 13, that centurion's servant was healed and Jesus wasn't even in person to do it. He healed him from a distance. Jesus said that it was the greatest faith of all time. Right there. After they had heard the, heard, heard the preaching, heard the word of God, it was planted in their hearts. They were growing. If you don't believe me still, let me give you another example. In verse, uh, verse 16 of chapter eight, it says, there were many others that were healed. In other words, there was so much going on around them, so many healings that they could not write them all down. There were so many miracles going on that they literally could not keep track of them all. Church, that is what church is supposed to be like. That is what church is supposed to be like. I, I, I really felt like the Lord was challenging me this week and, and he was pressing on me. And because I'll tell you, when I get up here to preach every week, I work hard and I'm very proud that I never get up here to preach my opinion, right? I never wanna preach my opinion. I always, when I get up here, I wanna preach the word of God. All right, I wanna preach what the Bible says. I wanna go back contextually. I wanna give you the true, honest word of God because that's what I'm hungry and thirsty for. And I know that's what you are as well. That's why you're here. It's not just because I'm that good looking. You know what I'm saying? I, no, but I, I honestly, I work hard to study the word of God. I wanna give you the true, honest. But that being said, if faith 
comes from hearing the word of God. And naturally, the miraculous overflows from that. Shouldn't every service that we have be a natural overflow of the miraculous happening in this world, happening in this house, happening in this church, happening in this body? What that means is every week in this church, somebody should be getting healed. Every week in this church, a marriage should be getting put back together. Every week, somebody should be being delivered. Every week, somebody should be being, being saved in this house. Every week we come together. Why? Because the faith comes from hearing the word of God. Romans 10 and 17. So faith comes from hearing. You don't get faith from talking. You don't get faith from posting on Facebook. I know you really like that scripture, but it does not give you more faith when you hit post. You got two ears and one mouth. You get faith when you hear the word of God. When you read the word of God and hearing through the word of Christ, not through the word of Michael, not through the word of any of your influencer friends, not through the word of your best friend, but hearing through the word of Christ. It's no wonder why so, so little faith exists in our culture today because so little word is being consumed. Because if the word of God is rejected, faith will not be planted. If the word of God is rejected, faith will not be planted. Church, I gotta tell you today, the word of God is being attacked at right and left as just a book, just stories and fables and that it's unreliable and it's just one of the classics. Let me just tell you, we cannot throw out the word of God because if we don't receive it, there will be no faith that rises up inside of us. This whole world needs a return to the word of God, a return to the things of God, that it, it heals your body, it heals your mind, it it plants faith. It releases the power of God. If you believe that, I wish you'd clap your hands. The way it works is that faith is not something that you do. Faith naturally is grown inside of you. It is a seed that is planted when you consume the word of God. So your devotion is not just an event on your schedule, it's a seed being planted. Your quiet time with God is not optional because if you don't plant seed, you don't eat a meal. How many of us are saying, well, God, I'm just hungry. I want more of your presence. How much have you, how many seeds have you planted? How many seeds have you planted spiritually? Number three, I gotta move. Faith is something that you have to live out. Faith requires action. Faith without works is? Faith will require you to get out of your comfort zone. If you are looking for a comfortable life, a faith, a faith in Jesus is probably not, being a Christian is not gonna be it for you. Why? Because the Christian life was never meant to be safe. It was meant to be victorious, which meant that you were gonna be in battle. You can't, be in a victor, you can't have a victory without being in a battle, right? Matthew 9, Jesus went on from there. Two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. 
These blind men, they simply heard that Jesus was around and they followed him. <clears throat> they simply heard, they followed him. Son of David is essentially them calling him savior. I don't want you to miss this. They were calling him savior before he did anything for them. They were calling Jesus savior before he healed them. Why didn't they just run up to Jesus and grab him? I mean, the, issue, the woman with the issue of blood had just done the same thing, push through the crowd and just grab him. Let me, let me tell you, sometimes God will heal instantly. Sometimes he will, I've seen it happen. In fact, uh, back when I was a worship pastor, I was playing at a conference and um, there was a lady at this conference and I knew she went to our church and um, she was blind and she'd been blind for a long time. And she came to the altar in a faith-filled service where the word of God was preached and somebody prayed over her and she was healed instantly right there. She was 60 something years old, got her sight for the first time in her life, right? Can you imagine? Eyes opened, incredible, right? I've seen it. I've seen broken legs where somebody was in a wheelchair and literally God put the leg back together and they walked out of the service and they left the wheelchair here. I've seen it. I've seen a man that was in a stroke. God said, the doctor said, I don't know if this guy's gonna live. Well, God healed him. But then I've also seen God heal over time. Oh, I've got cancer. Well, God can heal you. It may not be like the woman with the issue of blood where it's like right there in the moment. I've seen God heal disease. I've seen him heal livers. I've seen him heal stomachs. I've healed him. I've seen him heal. But here's what it's important here. His word puts faith in you that God can do it. He is able. Whether or not the miracle happens right now, your job is to walk with Jesus. Whether or not the miracle happens right now, your job is to get with Jesus and stay there. That's it. Your job is to chase after Jesus. Let me ask you, what if those blind men had gotten frustrated that Jesus didn't heal, him, heal them right then? They would have walked away. They'd have been mad and they'd have been bitter and they'd have told everybody, well, I tried Jesus. I tried him. He didn't work. They'd have been blind the rest of their life. They'd have been blind. Well, I went to God one time and I tried it, so I'm done. Hey, you didn't try God. Can't try without a trial, right? How often do we get frustrated that God hasn't moved yet in our lives and we just don't understand why? Let me ask you the question here. Are you willing to play, are you willing to play Marco Polo with God a little bit? Are you willing to play Marco Polo with God a little bit? Because that's what real faith looks like. Can you trust him when you can't track him? Can you trust him when you can't track him? What does that mean? Sometimes you have to walk with your issue a minute until Jesus decides he's gonna work it out in your life because sometimes that's the testimony you need for everybody else around you. Sometimes that test that you are in the middle of is ministering to everybody else and you don't know why that's happening. You've gotta walk with Jesus a little bit. Is your faith strong enough to walk when you've got some trouble? Is your faith strong enough? Church, is your faith strong enough to walk with Jesus when your health is bad, Madison? Let me tell you, this girl is living it out. Two days ago, she was in the hospital. She got checked out. She's here serving this morning. Is your faith strong enough to walk with Jesus? 
When finances are tight in your life, are you willing to stay faithful to tithing until he comes through and trust him with the resources? Are you gonna quit and say, well, I tried God and he didn't work? Are you gonna give him a chance to come through? When you're blind, when you've got an iniquity, will you walk with Jesus? When you get that diagnosis from the doctor, are you willing to praise him even though he hasn't worked your miracle yet? Are you willing to call him son of David, God of heaven, even though he hasn't touched you yet? Are you willing to be blind and walk with him? See, God wants to work a miracle in us, but sometimes we got a part to play in it. We got a part to play in it. See, God might be, you know, God wants to heal us, but are you willing to take care of your body until he does? Are you willing to eat right and do the things you're supposed to do until he heals you? Well, no, I want it to happen one moment in the altar. That can happen. God can heal. I've seen it happen. But sometimes he chooses not to because God is sovereign. Are you willing to serve somebody else when your need hasn't been met? No, I'm gonna be bitter. I'm gonna be insulary. I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna be mad about it. I'm gonna be bitter. Well, you're gonna close the door to your, your miracle. But if we open, if we're willing to walk when we're blind a little bit. Number four, faith releases all impossibilities. All impossibilities. You know, if I told you the Texans are going to win the Super Bowl this year, what would y'all do? Praise God. Huh? Some of y'all would be like, no, that can't happen. That's impossible. That's like the biggest impossible thing in the, like the world. You know what I'm saying? Right? What if the impossible became possible? That happens in the kingdom and God specializes in that. Matthew 17 and 20. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move nothing. Everybody say nothing. No thing, not your thing, not your mama thing, not your auntie thing, not your grandma thing, not your daddy thing, not, not the, your past thing, not your future thing, not your job thing, not your finance thing, not your marriage thing. No thing will be impossible for you. Stand with me across this room. Stand with me. When Mary was told that as a virgin, she would bear the son of an angel, God told her, Luke 1, for nothing, Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible. To the father of the boy possessed by demons, Jesus said in Mark 9 and 23, all things are possible for one who believes. Do you see the common theme here? Faith is installing the seed of the word of God in our hearts and, and releasing the burdens, our fears, our impossibilities into the hands of God because we can't deal with them. Your fight is not for you. God can handle the impossible and make it possible. Faith lets everything out of our hands and puts it into his hands because he can, he can handle it. We can trust him. I wanna, I'm gonna 
close with a little short story and it's a funny story, but I want you to stay with me. I'm going somewhere. There was a parable told of a community of ducks waddling off to duck church one Sunday to hear their duck preacher. Don't be calling me a duck preacher now. After they waddled into the duck sanctuary, the service began and the duck preacher spoke eloquently about how God had given the ducks wings to fly. He pounded the pulpit with his beak and he said, with these wings, there is nowhere we ducks can't go. There is no God-given task we ducks cannot accomplish. With these wings, we no longer need to walk through life. We can soar high in the sky. Shouts of amen were quacked through the duck congregation. The duck preacher concluded with his message exclaiming, with our wings, we can fly through life. All the ducks repeated, we can fly. More ducks quacked out amen, shouting even from the back row. Every duck loved the service. All the ducks were present. They, they, they commented on how wonderfully convicting the message was that they heard from their duck preacher. But then they left the church and they waddled all the way home. They left the church and waddled all the way home. Now, I know that's a funny little story, but you're listening to this preacher that's been up here telling you that the impossible in your life is possible. That thing that you've been believing for, that thing that you want God to do, that thing that you know God said he was gonna do, that you're trusting him, believe him you can believe him I can honestly tell you today that God wants to do bigger things in your life than you even comprehend bigger things in your world than you want to comprehend well I'm just a mom I'm just a dad I'm just a son I'm just in high school I'm just in college I'm just this you say I'm just this but Jesus says you are a son and a daughter of God In fact, this week I was in a room and uh, with thousands of other preachers and, and, and ministry people. And in a, a moment, I felt like the Lord spoke something to me that he was gonna do in this church. And it was something big, like embarrassingly big, embarrassingly big, like so much so I shared it with my wife. I was embarrassed to share it with my wife, it was that big. And uh, I was like, oh God, that's big, dude. Like. Can you, can you lower the expectations a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Well, then I go to dinner with this couple that's sitting right next to us and they confirmed it. <laughs> and they're like, no, I, I'm believing that too. That's what I heard too. That's what I heard too. You know, I think what we have to understand is that thing that you think is impossible, that physical condition that you think is just, you're always gonna be there and you're always gonna live with it doesn't have to be. That marital issue that you feel like is gonna be there, it's just I, our marriage is just struggling. We're just gonna deal with this. It's gonna, doesn't have to. Oh, I've got this thing, pastor. You don't understand my thing. Let me tell you, God operates in the big and the small. But what he did say is that no thing is impossible. No thing is impossible. No thing is impossible. I've seen people come in worship nights with migraines and walk out healed. I've seen it happen. 
The question for you today is, do you need the Lord or are you self-sufficient? You feel like you can do it on your own. People in these stories couldn't live without him. They were desperate for Jesus. They had to get to Jesus. Are you desperate enough to make a move? Here, we're gonna close this service a little bit different. If you're a guest today, we don't normally close it this way. We're gonna do it a little different. Our prayer team's coming. I want our prayer team, come on up to the front. Come on, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. Prayer team's coming to the front. It doesn't matter what your need is in this situation. For some of you, you're far from God and you just wanna give your life back to Jesus. Or you wanna give your life to him for the first time. You wanna give your heart to him. You wanna commit your life to Jesus. You're like, all right, God, this is it. That kind of life that pastor's preaching about, I want that. Well, that first step is you giving your world to him. For some of you, you have a physical condition in your life right now. You're, maybe you're watching online. You have a physical condition. Just comment in the chat and we'll pray with you. You have something going on in your world right now that is a liability in you. For some of you, maybe there's a marriage issue. Your marriage is not as strong as where it was. You've even started to whisper words that you never thought you would, think thoughts that you never would. For some of you, there's an anxiety and a low level depression that is inside of you that has just weighed you down. Let me just tell you, the God of heaven is here and the God of heaven can change your situation. The God of heaven makes the impossible possible. I have preached the word of God and it is inside of you right now. It is, but what you have to do is step out and just simply give it to him. You've got to unload it off your shoulders and say, God, not only do I believe that you can do it, but I'm operating like Jarius. It says, Lord, come, touch me right now. Touch my, touch my daughter right now. What, is, what, what looks like it's dead, I know she's just asleep because you said so. I know your word says this, and I'm believing that. What I wanna do is I'm gonna pray over you, and we're gonna sing. But if you have an issue, our prayer team's up front, and I want you to step forward. I don't care what that issue is. If it's salvation, if you wanna be healed, if you wanna be free, if you're having a marital problem right now, what I wish you to do is grab your spouse and just step forward. Why don't, why, what if somebody thinks something? I don't, I, who cares? Walk while you're blind. Walk while you have the iniquity and chase after Jesus. Chase after what he has for you. I'm telling you, make that step of faith. Make that step of faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna pray over you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for what you're doing in this house. God, I pray that you would move mightily, God. We have in complete faith and trust in you, God, that you're going to work. You're gonna do amazing things in this house. You're gonna do amazing things that the miraculous should follow. God, the, the, the miraculous is not the thing that we're chasing after. We're chasing after you. We have great faith in you. We have great faith in you that you can work miraculous. And, and so, God, your word inside of us is now growing. That, God, we believe you can. Now we're believing that you will. And we're thanking you for the miraculous that you're already about to do in this house. We're thanking you for it, not so we would get the glory, but God, so you would get the glory. Not that we would be elevated, but God, only that you would be elevated. God, that we would decrease and you would increase. God, that your glory would increase. God, that I would be healed, so I would give you glory. Not so that I could brag, not that it's about me, that I would see this great thing that you've told me in my heart. Not that it's about me, but it's
it's about you and your church and your kingdom and your thing. So Lord, we declare these things in Jesus' name as if they are not right now, God. We declare them right now. Jesus, according to our faith, let it rise in this house. In Jesus' name, step out to be prayed with now as we sing.